When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This is Football Social Daily, Premier League podcast. Welcome to Football Social Daily, the award-winning Premier League podcast. The season might be over, but the show goes on. Hit subscribe and you won't miss an episode. Now that the football has been taken care of, clubs are already eyeing up those new recruits that will make the difference for next season. The latest transfer rumours today involve Tottenham, Manchester United, Brentford and West Ham with some big, big names on the agenda. Of course, the Premier League wants to show off the biggest and best stars in the game, but unless you can fork out £1,000 a year for all of the different broadcasters or a fair few quid for an elusive match ticket, you'll be struggling to take in the action from the best league in the world. Yesterday, five men were jailed for 30 years for their involvement in illegally streaming Premier League matches, and it's raised the question, is it just too expensive to watch top-flight English football? All of that to come on Football Social Daily today. My name's Niall, and in the studio with me, Marley Anderson and Joel Tudor. Hello, boys. Good morning. Good morning. I started yesterday's show by revealing to everyone the intimacy between Megan the Stallion and Romelu Lukaku. Marley had no idea who I still don't. <laughs> Megan the Stallion. Even Jim knew who Megan the Stallion was. Not had your take on it yet, Joel. Yeah, well we know Romelu's affinity with uh, New York. He does like to put on a bit of a New York accent every now and then. So <laughs> when he was like Rack Nation, call Coca-Cola. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's enjoying himself, Romelu Lukaku, and maybe this uh, newfound flame might spark him into life in the Champions League final. Who knows? <laughs> Speaking of the Champions League final, someone very closely affiliated to Manchester City will be joining us on tomorrow's edition of Football Social Daily as we'll be sitting down for a chat with Nadem Anua, the former City defender who also represented Queen's Park Rangers in the Premier League. will be going through his career in the game, so hit subscribe and that way you will not miss it. But today we're going to take care of some of the transfer news, which is doing the rounds on the back pages of the papers. What are we, two, three days after the season finished and already we're seeing some absolutely wild rumours. Harry Kane, he always seems to be in the back pages when it comes to potentially moving on from Tottenham Hotspur. But Joel, the latest suggestions are that 
if he can't leave Tottenham Hotspur this summer to sign for someone like Manchester United, who of course we know need a striker, then he's quite happy to stay at Tottenham. Not really a surprise. He's, he's a club legend there. This happened a couple of seasons ago when he was linked with the move to Manchester City. Levy blocked the move and Harry Kane, of course, was under contract and he's ended up staying at Spurs. What do you make of this situation? Because a lot of Manchester United fans I've heard would be very keen on bringing Harry Kane to Old Trafford. Yeah, he, he feels like a bit of a missing jigsaw piece for us at the moment. I mean, if anyone's seen Manchester United this season, we've been absolutely toothless with a veg cart horse, as Marley calls it. <laughs> so we are desperately in need of a top, top quality striker. And it's, it's a tricky one with Kane because I understand completely from his point of view that he's at his boyhood club. He wants to potentially win something and he's he's almost clanging on to that false hope, almost like false blindness um, to try and win something there, which I just don't think is going to happen while he's there, to be honest. And I think he's outgrown the club, but... When you sign a long-term contract, he surely should have known what he was putting himself in for, especially when you've got Daniel Levy as the one who is going to dictate if he goes or if he leaves. And I just think it, as a matter of pride, as a, as a matter of just reputation, it probably will be the case, I think, that if United don't offer something absolutely ridiculous, like over 120 million, I just don't see him going. I think Levy will prefer to just drag his heels and say, okay, you choose when you go next year. Are we in a situation, Marley, where there is really only one credible destination for Harry Kane at the moment, Manchester United? And the reason I say that is because he's only 48 goals away from breaking your idol Alan Shearer's record of 260 Premier League goals. He's obviously going to want to stay in England and do that. If he moves to Manchester United, he's got a greater chance of winning silverware. He's, of course, a Tottenham hero, so he's not going to go to Arsenal and he's probably not going to go to Chelsea, particularly with what they can offer at the moment. And your club, Newcastle United, probably aren't going to pay 100 million quid for a striker, not that you need one with Isaac and Wilson. So in terms of the options that are there, screams Manchester United. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think I think that's right. I think that's his choice. And I think we've seen it when he nearly went to Man City last year when they signed Haaland instead. He missed the boat there. Mm. I think this year, Man United will sign a striker. And if it's not Kane, it'll be someone else. I think the boat is at the dock sort of thing. And it will leave without him if he doesn't go this year. Because it's either go this year or be be free next year. And who in the Premier League is going to need a striker next summer when Harry Kane's you know, still, still valuable? Yeah, yeah. But and- do you think he's okay with that? He's okay with the fact that if Manchester United don't pay the money... If they don't sell him, he can stay at Spurs because he can just break the record at Spurs. He's never going to get poorly treated by Tottenham. They're never going to force him out. It's yeah, no. a situation where he can stay there as long as he wants. Yeah, and he scored He scored 30 Premier League goals this season for a team that finished eighth. And I think uh, I seen someone put it on our Twitter yesterday, actually, that um, his goals um, were responsible for 24 points for Spurs. And if you take those 24 points away, like if you assume that no one else would have scored those goals they would have finished 16th in the league. They would have been scrapping on the final day with Everton. That's how important his goals are. But that's And you lot up. didn't want to put him in your team of the season. <laughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah, but, yeah, well, that's another debate, innit? Go back and listen to that one for <laughs> yeah. a full uh, rundown of that one. But yeah, I mean, it's just what he what he wants, in it, really? I think if Man United will be here this summer and this summer only, he needs to decide what he wants to do. But in my head, looking from, it, from an outside point of view, he only wants the record in the Premier League. That rules out every foreign club. It rules out Bayern. Yeah. It rules out Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, whoever. And he'll get that wherever he is. So the debate of, oh, well, he's never won anything. 
if he goes to Man United and wins an FA Cup and a, maybe a Carabao Cup and maybe a Europa League or something like that, that's not going to make Harry Kane's career because it's... it's. Ah, but for him though, do you remember when he said that quote where he said, I think in 2018, if I reach age 30 and don't win anything, I'll be massively disappointed. I think yeah. it's clear that he wants to win. He's already 30, isn't he? But yeah, has, he just turned, has he just turned 30? Yeah, this summer. Yeah, so he's already disappointed. So, what, <laughs> what, 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 yeah, what changes now? Like, you've, you've already hit the disappointment like level. So, why change? You know what I mean? He's been at Spurs 25 years. I'm pretty sure he's known disappointment. But from, his legacy's there now. Like, exactly. He, regardless of what he does, he's outgrown the club. It's almost like he's getting growing pains now because the club don't match how good he actually is. And that's the. I think the only way he leaves this summer is if he really demands it and puts in a transfer request. But I don't think he'll want to risk the backlash of all the Spurs fans and his reputation. But like, like I've said, Daniel Levy wants that. He wants the fans to see. I'm sorry, I had no choice, but he yeah. really wants. Is this to the leave. perfect time yeah, for Kane to leave? Also, because Tottenham don't have a manager right now. He doesn't know what the plans so are. So it's does not. It? It's yeah, not like he can work with the new guy coming in because nobody has a clue at this point, at the end of May, who the new manager is going to be. Yeah, it's like last season. He was. He probably was okay with staying because he was like, "Well, at least we've got Conte. We should. We should be competitive this year. We might win something because mm. we've got Conte." And you know, that all went tits up because Conte started fighting Tuchel and <laughs> fighting Levy and fighting anyone that had listened to him so much. So he yeah. didn't. Didn't he dislodge a kidney or something for his? What was that surgery he had? He had random surgery, didn't he? He missed a few games, Conte, in January. I don't know if that's because oh, pancreas, of pancreas, was it? Something was it like pancreas? that? Because yeah. he just, I mean, might have been anything, but his, You're his lifestyle. You're here. Yeah, yeah, but his, <laughs> his, the way Tottenham. he is on the touchline can't have helped his, <laughs> his, his slight <laughs> problem. Tottenham stressed his internal organs is what you're trying to say. 100%, um, yeah. Daniel Levy is more open to selling Harry Kane to the likes of Bayern Munich because he doesn't want to sell Kane to a Premier League rival, but... Kane's probably not going to sign a new deal, so he'll just stay for a year and then leave on a free next summer. So that's the latest on Harry Kane. I think that one will go deep, by the way. I think we might see that one drag on drag for on a while. Yeah. Uh, one player who's also of interest to Bayern Munich and who has allegedly spoken to the manager there, Thomas Tuchel, is Declan Rice, who the day after he was linked with the move to Bayern, walked onto the training pitch and said, Guten Morgen. Obviously, um, added fuel to the fire. Yeah, go and Morgan. But to be fair, Declan Rice is someone who statistically has improved year on year. He's been exceptional again for West Ham this season in a poor campaign for the Hammers. Bayern Munich are really keen on him. And do you think Declan Rice might have seen what Jude Bellingham has been able to achieve at Borussia Dortmund in the Bundesliga? And maybe that might tempt him, Joel, to make the switch to the German champions? I think it's a little bit different because Bellingham's gone as a pretty relatively unknown rough diamond and made a name for himself at a club which is known to do that for players. I think Rice now, he's looking at what team he can then go on and progress and be the main player in. And I just think maybe five years ago, three years ago, Bayern would have been the thing the, the team that I would have said, go for it, Rice. That's like the, the most perfect step up. But if anyone knows Bayern's situation at the moment, they're in a little bit of disarray where they got rid of Nagelsmann, brought in Tuchel, only just won the league, luckily, like absolutely by the skin of their teeth, uh, nine minutes to go, pretty much. And then they've just sacked Oliver Kahn, the CEO. They've sacked their sporting director. Yeah, Sally Hammers. Yeah, they, they don't know what their direction is. It's the first time I've ever seen Bayern not really understand their direction. They've always been such a really well-run club 
um, where they had Rumenegger in and he was the one who was controlling everything and they were so smart with their transfers. And now I'm not seeing that. I feel like Thomas Tuchel is having a massive hand in this transfer. <clears throat> but I think for Declan Rice, I think he sh- I-, I think the perfect destination for him is Arsenal. I just think the way in which they're going what, what, in the trajectory, yeah. I think is perfect. I was going to say, why do you think that? Because Declan Rice is obviously an England regular, starts most games for the three Lions. But Bayern Munich are the champions of Germany. They win more than likely the Bundesliga every season. So he's going to pick up silverware and he's going to get a chance to play in the Champions League. Now, for someone like Declan Rice, who hasn't had that opportunity with West Ham, that is naturally a massive draw, Marley, don't you think? Yeah, I think that's why Rice has got the... He's got options because it's... What Rice wants is is experiences that a lot of clubs can give him. If you compare that to Harry Kane, like Harry Kane wants to go somewhere and he's got parameters. He wants to stay in England. He wants to break the record and he wants to win trophies and that narrows his, his pool of options down to like three. Whereas Rice wants to go and play in the Champions League and and go and compete for titles. And, you know, there's probably 20 clubs across Europe that he could conceivably go to. Um, Bayern are interested. I think I've always seen him as a long-term Chelsea player, me. but with <laughs> Maybe what, not anymore. But, yeah, yeah, but with what Chelsea have done in the past, mm. you know, two, well, year, 18 months, has well, been absolutely shocking. Joel so. said about Arsenal, Arsenal are expected to make a bid for Declan Rice, according to a large proportion of the reports about this transfer. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be, be good. You know, he'd get in the team every week and, you know, he'd, he'd compete for things and it's a it's a young team that should get better and better. So it's uh, it makes sense. I think mm. another thing why he won't go to, to like Chelsea, for example, is I've always seen him, him and Mason Mount in the same, because they're best mates. They're yeah, always, yeah. It's always like they want to play for the same mm. team. And Mount's leaving Chelsea, so that's like... Well, Manchester Rice United, is... maybe they'll both go there and both play in the same team there. Um, speaking of well, Manchester United... We probably already... should have got him before Casemiro, to yeah. be honest, if you want a long-term, uh, I keep long-term DM. Yeah. We've already spoken about Harry Kane and Manchester United being a potential destination. Naturally, United are linked with every big player. It's always the way, every transfer window, whether you like it or not. Another one they've been linked with is maybe not someone as popular, and it's Brentford's goalkeeper, David Raya. Brentford are supposedly asking for around 40 million quid. And according to Fabrizio Romano on social media, his agent has said, if Brentford doesn't lower the price tag for David Raya this summer, we'll be ready to leave as a free agent in a year's time. But 40 million 40 is million. what Brentford want for David Raya. And of course, Brentford have just dropped 11 million pounds on a new goalkeeper from Freiburg, I think, in the Bundesliga, Flecken. They've just signed him. So... That would lead me to believe, Joel, that they're bringing in someone to replace David Raya. Yeah, that's the natural progression. Um, I think Brentford are absolutely out of their mind if they think they're going to get forty million for. He's got one year left on his contract as well. Forty million is just absurd, and they've not protected his value by being able to sign him onto a new contract. So it's almost they've shot themselves in the foot in a way. And the way in which United are going at the moment, the way in which Ten Hag's been speaking about the David De Gea contract. I think there's some unfinished details going on in there. I think United are hesitating to sign it for some reason because it's almost like the best of both worlds. If they let someone who's on £300,000 a week leave this summer, it's like the best case scenario, especially for a guy who I know he's got the most clean sheets in the Premier League, but to let him leave now after a decade of service, I think it's pretty Well, David Ryan made the most saves. De Gea makes the most clean, clean sheets. sheets yeah. Ryan makes the most saves. He is good season. with his foot, with his feet, which is 
probably the most biggest attraction for David Raya because the way in which Ten Hag wants to play. Long passes, he's exceptional. Yeah, yeah, this is what I mean. It's a new age of goalkeeping now where you're not just judged on your shot stopping, you're judged on being a footballer as well, first and foremost. And I think for United, if there's one goalkeeper I would go for, it's Diogo Costa from Porto. But his price tag is absolutely astronomical. So if you think about it this way, David Raya is probably one of the cheapest options that are available right now. Mm. Um, I don't know if they'll be able to negotiate a slight fee for him to bring it down, but right now you look at the world of goalkeepers, it's not it's not a cheap market anymore. No. It used to be one of the cheapest ones. Well, the position's it? changed, hasn't it? Yeah, and they're, they're the footballers now. They're not keepers anymore. Well, I mean, Ten everyone. million for Nick Pope last summer. Missed out on that Was one, Was he on everyone. one year contract or left or? Uh... I don't know, to be honest. He's but got also, cheaper. Nick Pope is oh, not went down, known for his kicking, is he? Yeah, Whereas, true. you know, Alisson cost six times that amount for Liverpool, but, you know, he was important to the way that yeah. Jürgen Klopp wanted to play. Yeah. And Pep Guardiola, famously, when he first came in, binned off Joe Hart, brought Claudio Bravo in, wasn't good enough, bought Edison. For a record fee at the time. By the way, fee, I so. watched Celtic at the weekend. Joe Hart is still terrible with his feet. <laughs> Pep was 100% right. He does not yeah. come off his line at all, Joe Hart. It's mad. Works in some works for Celtic. So. David Raya's on the market for forty million. Apparently, Brentford will be asking for that price tag. That rounds us up for transfers on today's Football Social Daily. But just another couple of bits to bring you. Angolo Conte is in talks with Chelsea over a contract extension. Jefferson Lerma is going to leave Bournemouth as a free agent. Crystal Palace will be his likely destination. And Tottenham, who we mentioned earlier, are hoping to sign Dejan Kulusevski on a permanent deal. Of course, he's on loan at the moment. That is it for part one of today's Football Social Daily. Next up, though, we're going to be talking about this controversial story which surfaced yesterday, that five men have been jailed for 30 years for their involvement in illegally streaming Premier League games. It's raised the question as to whether watching football in this country is quite simply too expensive. We'll talk about it after this. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome back. This is Football Social Daily, a free podcast, part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hit subscribe and that way you won't miss an episode. And the reason I stressed that this podcast was free is because a lot of football content in this country 
is not free of charge, particularly if you want to watch matches. You'll need to sign up to a multitude of different broadcasters to try and get access to matches, and often you don't get to even watch all of the games. For example, on the final day of the season, there were plenty of fixtures that just simply were not televised in the UK. That's despite having subscriptions to Sky Sports, to BT Sport, to Amazon Prime. You don't get full access to all of the Premier League games. And as such, there has always been a market, let's not kid ourselves, for illegal streaming of Premier League fixtures. Now, I should point out that this is obviously an illegal practice. You are not allowed to watch football matches that are being streamed illegally. You just can't do it. It's, it's against the law, which we should put out there before we get into this discussion. But yesterday, five men were jailed for 30 years for their involvement in this illegal streaming syndicate. And the questions that have been raised are not whether these men should have been put in jail because they found guilty by a court of law and therefore will have to serve time. The question is, Marley, whether subscriptions to sports broadcasters in this country are too expensive and whether people are getting value for money. You think about how much it will cost you over a season to pay a monthly subscription to all of the different TV broadcasters. It's around about £1,000 or more to watch Premier League football, and that doesn't include all of the games. So what people are saying is, if you look at something like the NBA, the basketball, you pay about $200 a year and you get to watch every single match, every single point that's scored. I think it's a valid question. I think we're at the point now where maybe football does need to take a look at how Premier League games are shown. I think it's important that we address the issue. Yeah, I think um, obviously, like the the fellas that were were jailed are not just like consumers watching it. They're actually involved in the the dark side of it and distributing it and selling dodgy sticks and, and what have you. But it does it it does highlight a, a bigger problem. Um, and the problem is that nobody can afford to pay for Sky Sports and BT Sport and then Amazon. Um, with the odd game as well and you know have that money in there you know it's in the bank ready to go like a thousand pound a year ish is just staggering and you can only watch the games that sky want to show you um you can't watch your team every week the cheap i mean it's half the price for a, for a season ticket like to go to your you know you can buy a season ticket at newcastle for 600 quid or watch watch every game that Sky wants you to for a grand. That's yeah, what, double you know. double the price of a, yeah. a season ticket. And you never, and, you know, there's only a limited amount of season tickets and you can't mm. get them. So, yeah. you know, it's 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 kind of like if you want us to, you keep everything behind this three o'clock paywall, but you don't show us it. Yeah. So obviously people are going to look for shortcuts and, you know, if the shortcuts are there and the demand is there, then the supply will always be there. Someone posted a really good analogy to do with this on social media, Joel, where they said back in the day, CDs would cost eight quid, 10 quid for a CD for an album. And if you wanted to buy all of your favourite albums, it would cost you a hefty chunk of money if you went into the CD shop and bought whatever you wanted. Whereas when Spotify came along and charged you the same price per month for all of your music as to what you would normally pay for one CD, and I know it really does damage artists a lot of the time. And I think there's other questions which we could probably get into, which we won't. Effectively, the point that was being raised was if you have a good service and it's value for money, people will pay it and they won't start ripping off because if they can get access to what they want to watch for a price that they feel is fair, more people are likely to put money down on that. It's a great analogy because I even look at myself back when, you know, before Spotify, Apple Music was first around and trying to get music was like trying to break into the Pentagon. You had to try and find like CDs and burn them onto your laptop and put them onto your phone. And it was impossible. Yeah. The reason why accessibility now 
everyone's asking, well, what? Okay, fair enough. The guys who've gone to jail, it's theft. Yeah. It's theft. Yeah, absolutely. Line, we're, we're not uh, trying to defend yeah, yeah. these guys. They've been found guilty. They're in jail. It's the right decision. But it's the question about how expensive games we, are. We have to look at the reasons why. The reasons why is because at 3 p.m. we cannot watch Premier League games in the UK, which I don't even know the reasons why. Are they scared of the attendance? Yeah. If it's the attendance, exactly well, then it. let's trial it. Mm. Trial it for one year, put every single game out, put an attractive package in place, let's say £15 a month, and you get to watch everything. But I Trial understand that. I do understand see. that originally, why there was a three o'clock blackout to protect attendances. But the Premier League has been built over the years into such a massive product where even if they put the games on TV for free, people would still buy a ticket to go to the game. Being at the game is being at the game. There is no substitute for that live experience. And I don't think that by having a three o'clock blackout, that is going to deteriorate attendances. Maybe it would have done 15, 20 years ago. But now the Premier League is in such a strong position commercially that tickets are gold dust. Yeah, there's such a backlog. That's why I'm saying trial it. You mentioned the NBA. The attendances are not affected at all. There's a backlog for demand for any any kind of NBA game. I know that the attendances are smaller, but the Premier League are almost forgetting how much of a monster of a product it is. Where, like you said, to get a Manchester United ticket these days for big games is impossible. I'm sure Newcastle is going to be impossible in the in the future. Now, I'm sure even you know the newly promoted teams is difficult. So trial it and let's see because the Premier League brought this case, which is quite rare to see. So they're obviously putting a lot of money and finances behind bringing these kind of people down. But it's almost palliative because they're not treating the root cause, which is that we want to watch football games and we're not being allowed to do it. There's always going to be packed stadiums in the UK, bottom line, because we are a football crazy country and the product is so attractive that we will buy tickets. But when we can't buy tickets, why should I have to go on the internet, allegedly, and try and find my team playing a game because I can't watch it anywhere? And why should the likes of, you know, Australians and Americans be allowed to watch it and I can't watch it? It's our football country. We should be able to watch it. It's, it's baffling to me. So in this in that, in that circumstance, let's trial it. Why not say, because you know what, the Premier League's shown their hand during COVID when they started charging £15 a game to yeah. allow us to watch Sheffield it. United against right. Fulham famously on BT Sport was £14.95. Yeah, they, show, they showed their hand. That's what they would love to happen. If there was no blackout, they would say, all right, then we'll charge you £10 per game. You know what? For United, As a United fan, I would probably pay you that if there were some games I couldn't watch. But it's not feasible for a whole season. They would love for that to happen, but it will never happen because, again, it's not feasible. So they're almost missing out on opportunities for revenue. It's like opportunity cost. They could make so much more money if they put in a really good package rather than charging customers 60, 70, 80 pounds a month for what 40% of games a season is a joke. No other country charges that, apart from maybe in the States where you have uh, your pay-per-views, but that's a one-off event. Mm. You could potentially do that. I don't know. Bring in some kind of new model, re- re- innovate a little bit. It's, it's kind of like, like could, you, could you do something where every club owns their own streaming rights but you know I think the bigger clubs will have more of a say because yeah, United probably bring in more revenue they'd run away with it yeah, yeah they'd, like you know the, Luton Town would earn you know yeah. a million pound a season but and that's Man City the issue, isn't it? would earn the issue is how yeah, much yeah. Sky and BT and BN Sports and Stadium Astro bid for the Premier League TV rights because a lot of the money and we spoke about it yesterday when we were talking about Leicester and the fact they've gone down and they're going to lose 100 million pounds of TV revenue a lot of that revenue that Premier League teams have in order to buy the best players and 
keep the stadium in Nick and get the best managers in comes from TV broadcast revenue because all of these companies are bidding such lucrative amounts for these rights Mm -hmm. that are so valuable. And that is part of the problem. Whereas if the Premier League went on their own, they'd need to charge a certain amount anyway to be able to make up the difference. I mean, you think about how much Sky costs a month. How much does Sky pay to not Mm. even have all of the games? It's it's yeah. staggering levels of money, and so if you're gonna cost for hundreds of millions, don't they? They do it's exactly, goodness. and then you know if you and that's not even for all the games. I think, by the way, I, I think I, I read a stat a few few years ago. I think it's eleven million pound a game to yeah. put one game mm. on costs eleven million pound, and sometimes it's like Leeds versus Brentford, it ends nil nil, and you don't think as a consumer that costs Sky eleven million quid. Yeah. It costs me twenty eight pound like a month in, or whatever it does. Is that like being sports and Optus? Yeah. They have all the rights to every game. They show they do, every but game, because so the, it makes no sense to them. I know what you're saying, Joel, but because the games are broadcast centrally, so there's a company called Premier League Productions that will film every single game. They'll have all of the camera angles. They are the broadcaster. All games are filmed and are streamed around the world by Premier League Productions. And what a company like BN Sports will do is they will pay Premier League Productions, a.k.a. the Premier League, a fee per season to take whatever games they want. And that's how it works. Being sports are not putting any money into staff members on the ground at Brentford or at Emirates Stadium, putting the wires in, setting the cameras up, cameramen, commentators. They're not paying for that. They're just paying for the service. So the Premier League provides the service. Being sports or Optus or whoever it might be will then pay the Premier League for that. Whereas Sky Sports and BT Sports is a little bit different. And there is a little bit of maybe disparity there as to as to how things work. I know what you're saying, but that is kind of the surely, nuts and bolts of it. It makes sense. Surely they can put some kind of package together, though. People are willing to pay. This what would you thing. pay then? What would you What would you be happy to pay? What, and what would you want? To everything. So you're a Manchester United fan, right? So say you subscribed to a Premier League subscription service, in inverted commas, where you pay a certain fee a year and you get to watch every Manchester United game. Not every Premier League game. But let's just say you bought a Manchester United pass. Mm. How much would you be willing to pay for that? You said a tenner a game. So what's that, 38-game season? You'd be happy to pay 400 quid? Well, that's like, what, four games? Well, well, if I mean, a season if, ticket's if, 600 quid. If it's like a subscription basis, honestly, I would pay like anywhere between, what, 40, 50 a month, something like that. I think that's... Yeah, so that's 400 quid. So you're so happy to you... pay that. I mean, if people. It's still £600 cheaper than subscribing to all of the others. And let's say you can opt in, opt out. There's some times where you don't want to roll on, like rolling contract types, because I feel like a lot of people are tied into these kind of subscriptions and it doesn't offer value for money most of the time. And but that's just to support Manchester United. You'd be happy to pay that. So what if I said to you then, I think you want to watch though. every single game in the Premier League, whether it's your <clears> own team or a team you don't support? You'd obviously have to pay a little bit more for that, right? Mm. So what would you what would you be willing to pay? What do you think is a fair price? Because if if we're saying it's over a thousand pounds for a year's subscription to Sky, BT, Amazon Prime, you don't get to watch all of the games. Would you be happy to pay something similar if you do get to watch all of the games, or is it still just simply too expensive? I think it's still simply too expensive on the basis that, for example, I don't want to watch every single game. I'm talking more so I want to watch my team's games if I can't get to the games. That's the basis. Yeah. Nobody has the time to watch every... Nobody has the capacity no, and the no, 10 yeah. different eyeballs to not watch every game. Not job or something yeah, like no, that. No, yeah, no one yeah, wants... Yeah. This is the thing. that No one wants to watch every game, but we want access to the games we want to watch. 
So I think people are willing to pay a decent price for A that. great example would be when Newcastle United beat Spurs 6-1 earlier on this season, <laughs> where you can go, I'm flicking on the Newcastle game because mm. they're absolutely tearing them a new one. Right, rather that, than having to go the... on a link to try and find it, you got all these pop-ups of all Stuff. sorts. <laughs> <laughs> go on, what sort of pop-ups you getting? <laughs> Talk to it's us, mate. <laughs> You've won a competition. Or are they different sort Three of Three kilometres around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I think it's a really interesting debate, to be honest with you, and it's one that has been going on for a while now, but... It is a bit too expensive. I will say that. I mean, I say a bit too expensive. It is wildly too expensive. But I think football has worked itself. It's engineered itself into that position. And it will be very tough for football to work its way out of it. Yeah, we've gone gone down the wormhole now. And you see that with with subscription services. And you see there, you know, the subscription service of like Sky Sports and BT is, is entirely based around their live football. Like I think I think Sky is twenty eight pound a month for the for pretty much the cheapest deal like Sky Sports, mm. but Sky Sports in the day their daily coverage is 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 poor. No like, one wants to watch that stuff. No, I'm sorry. not at all. Like you know, you know, you're not going to watch reruns of Soccer AM. You're not going to watch Fishing World and stuff stuff that they've got on like between sort of <laughs> Fishing when, World. Like when you're at, when you when you're at work like <laughs> twelve till five or ten till five or whatever. There's nothing on because there's no live sport. So all their all their money uh, that you, that they charge you is based around they've got Man United versus Arsenal on Saturday night and they need to re- reclaim that fee. But realistically, you don't watch it enough to pay that to pay that fee. Um, it's almost like they're trying to fluff it up to make it seem like it's a good deal. You know the fact they got all these different productions alongside it, like fishing world I don't know yeah. what that is but like <laughs> fishing world and you don't even get to watch the WWE anymore you used no, to stick that's, the, that's the wrestling on in between the football that's a good stage. example WWE have got their got their subscription on the site so you can watch every event for a set, set I think it's £10 a month right and you can watch absolutely everything the UFC mm. have got UFC pass mm. you can watch everything you can watch the ultimate fight you right. can watch every historic exactly event that. they've ever had every fight night every main card yeah. every prelim every fight ever I think it's a great concept if the Premier League did do that and everyone around the world would pay the same price per month to watch all of the games and all mm. of the coverage you'd have your favourite broadcasters on there you'd have the same commentators same pundits same presenters but then what does that mean for Sky what does that mean for being sports what does it mean for all these broadcasters who lose their holy grail they lose the crown jewel in their broadcasting schedule they lose Premier League football so you know they're questions that we could probably touch upon for the whole rest of the podcast but we're not going to do that we're going to take a break but i'm really glad we had this conversation because i do think it's interesting next up though on football social daily they don't know about this but joel and marley are going to take part in a quiz against each other about newcastle united and manchester united and see how well they can remember the season for their club we'll talk about it after this Welcome back to Football Social Daily, final part of today's episode. On tomorrow's show, we'll be speaking to former Premier League defender Nadim Anua. He'll be joining us. We'll be sitting down for a chat with him about his career at Manchester City and at QPR. So do join us for that one tomorrow. But for now, we're going to finish off today's episode with a quiz where Joel, a Manchester United fan, and Marley, a Newcastle United fan, who finished third and fourth respectively after a little bit of who, a, who finished a where now? Who finished where? In the... Uh, Top four race between the two of these throughout the course of the season. They're now going to take on a quiz. How well do they know the season that their club has had? 
Now, these are not questions set by me. These are questions from the BBC Sport website. So you can direct your anger at those guys <laughs> if you get any of the questions wrong. No accountability wrong. for you. Um, who wants to go first? I reckon the team that finished fourth. Age before beauty. All right, Marley, you can go first and you can set Joel a target to see how many questions he can get. So it's out of go 10. On. How much can you remember about... Nick this from BBC? BBC uh, absolutely, oh, I've nicked right, it from BBC. There's, there's quite tricky. Okay, go, go fine. Um, I was hoping that you both haven't already done it. No, I haven't. Let's start in August. Newcastle broke their transfer record to sign striker Alexander Isak from Real Sociedad for a reported £60 million. Which country does he play for at international level? Oh, this is... Is it... Sweden. Sweden is correct. Yeah, well done. Part of their squad at Euro 2020. Moving into September. What was the score... I score with with ones like that. (laughs) What was the score in September when Eddie Howe came up against his former club Bournemouth for the first time since leaving the Cherries in 2020? All right, now I'm knackered. Um, Is it St. James' (laughs) scores are difficult. Is it St. James's Park? I'll give you that. It's St. James's. In Um, September. I'll tell you what. Give you four choices. Nil-nil, one-nil, one-one. Uh, I think was it one nil. I think we beat one nil. You beat them one nil. Yeah, one one. Was it one oh, one? Philip Billing scored. Billing, yes. And Isak, who we've just spoken about, scored his first goal for Newcastle Ugh. at St James's Park. Right, moving into October. Miguel Almiron scored in five of Newcastle's six Premier League games during October. Which club did he fail to find the net against? Was it Fulham, Liverpool? Manchester United or Southampton? We can't even be mad at Niall. This My is the God. worst part. <laughs> uh, we scored against Fulham because that was his goal of the year. Well, what, what should have got goal of the season. Uh, what was he of his Liverpool? I think he scored against them. Manchester United and Southampton. I don't think he scored against Man United. Man United? Yeah. Correct. Yes. He scored against he Fulham, Brentford, Everton, Spurs and Villa during October, but not against Manchester United because the game at Old Trafford finished... Zero, nil, zero. Nil. A nil-nil draw. And we could yes. still be playing now. It still be nil-nil. Yeah, it was one of those games. Game that was Cristiano Ronaldo <laughs> was playing in that game. That's how long ago it was. Really? Yeah. It was, yeah. Damn. Unbelievable. That was in October. Uh, well done. That's two correct. November now. Callum Wilson's early season form earned him a place in the England World Cup squad. But what squad number did he wear 20. during the tournament? Incorrect. 24. 24. He's so confident. He went so quickly, didn't he? Because it was a bear guess. He didn't give (laughs) any thinking time with that. Uh, 24. He bought the shirt or something at that (laughs) He came off the bench. Not buying an English shirt, but 90 odd quid. (laughs) Came off the bench against Iran and Wales. Uh, So still two guys. Subscription for that. I'll tell you you what's like. (laughs) So the World Cup's been and gone and we're into December now when Newcastle returned to Premier League action after the Qatar tournament with a 3-0 win at Leicester City. Who converted a penalty to open the scoring at King Power Stadium? Was it Isak, Trippier or Wood? When was this? December, first game back after the World Cup. You won 3-0 uh, at King Power Stadium. The first was, goal was a penalty. Who scored it? I think it was Chris Wood. It was Chris Wood, correct. Yeah. Uh, the final game that he had for Newcastle actually this season. Oh, that's why, that's why I loan. asked the question. <laughs> yeah, he moved on loan to Nottingham Forest, of course, in January. Uh, well done. Into January now when Newcastle reached the Carabao Cup final. With a memorable semi-final win over Southampton, who scored twice for Newcastle in the second leg? Sean Longstaff. Correct, Sean Longstaff. Proving his £40 million prize tag. First He's cup final for Newcastle since, what, 99 FA Cup, I think? Uh, 2000 FA Cup. 2000 FA Cup. Good yeah. going, that. Uh, February now, which player was sent off in the loss to Liverpool, meaning he was suspended for the Carabao Cup final? <laughs> Nick Pope. Nick Pope, yeah, hilarious. Um, red card for... 
coming out. And- <laughs> Who was it that was like really defending that he never hit his arm? Or like he fell onto it? Someone was it was really It was diff- one of the players, I think. Was it? Yes. I don't, I don't know if it was Eddie Howe. I don't know. Well, we saw Carrius have to go in goal after that. What? Sticking with goalkeepers, Alexander Isak scored twice past which international keeper in the 2-1 victory at Nottingham Forest? Was it Dean Henderson, Wayne Hennessy, or Kalor Navas? Navas. Was Kalor Navas, correct. The Costa Rica goalkeeper beaten twice. April. Spurs were thrashed 6-1 by Newcastle. What was the score after just 21 minutes? Um... <laughs> do you ever used to play FIFA Street? Do you remember Game Breaker on FIFA Street? Right? <laughs> yeah, used to do that yeah. with, with the heartbeat <laughs> like that. Great, great game. That. Um, Twenty-one so, minutes, five nil. Correct. Yeah. What was notable about Callum Wilson's two goals in the draw against Leeds? They were both headers. They were both penalties. They were both assisted by Nick Pope, or they were both scored in stoppage time. Uh, both penalties. Correct. Callum Wilson scored from the spot in both halves at Ellen Road, which means, Marley, you have a grand total of 8 out of 10. Well done. Take that. You've done really, really well. 8 out of 10, which means, Joel, you need a big performance to get a result here. Just like our Wembley day. Manchester United then. In August, United were bottom of the Premier League after starting the season with two defeats, including a 4-0 loss against which club? You're bringing back my horrible (laughs) memories then. I nearly was sick. Uh, unfortunately it was Brentford, Brentford. <laughs> it was the worst game I've seen in a long time correct well done 4-0 man against Brentford unbelievable in September Manchester United signed Anthony for a reported £82 million but which club did he join from Ajax correct oh, well easier these than are easy, I remember yours what was this, that first one you the had the first one was easy but the second one was hard I'll get <laughs> Cristiano Ronaldo scored his final Premier League goal for Manchester United in October in a 2-1 victory but it was against who? Was it against Everton, Fulham, Southampton or Tottenham? This is a bit more like it. <laughs> bit tough, this one. I'm thinking Southampton. Everton. Through Pickford's legs. Don't you remember? Oh, yeah. yeah From yeah, the yeah, left yeah, side yeah, of the yeah, box. Yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I Everton. Shaw put him through. Yeah, Everton, but he was uh, out of the door at Old Trafford. God, Shortly like after, an eternity certainly does. It's like another season. Talking of goal scorers, in November, which player scored his first goal in the Premier League for Manchester United to give them a last gasp win over Fulham? Garnacho. Alejandro Garnacho, correct answer. And what a season he's had, by the way. December now, Marcus Rashford came off the bench to score the winning goal at Wolves, but why had he been left out of the starting lineup? Oh, he woke up late. He missed a team meeting after oversleeping. <laughs> Correct. Marcus Rashford, who just won the Player of the Year award. The first person to come through the Manchester United Academy to win it since 1998. So congratulations to him. January now. This is going to be a close quiz, I can tell. Manchester United won their FA Cup fourth round tie against Reading, who were managed by which former Manchester United player? Paul Ince. Is correct. Paul Ince is the right answer. I remember of because Ten Hag brought him a, a bottle of wine. Yeah, because he was complaining, hand, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, he uh, didn't last much longer. <laughs> he got Reading after that. Later, <laughs> yeah. I think. Um, into February, Manchester United won the Carabao Cup final at Wembley by beating Newcastle United. But it was their first trophy since which year? Mm, Two thousand and oh, when was the Mourinho year now? Seventeen. 
is correct. Yes. 2017, six-year drought. When we got the treble, was it the Europa? Community yeah, Shield, the Europa. Europa, and of course, Mourinho's in Europa League action tonight. He's in the final Roma against Sevilla. Yes. I really hope he does it for them. Mourinho has never European lost a European final. Nor Sevilla. has Sevilla Football Club, yeah. which is a remarkable clash Marino between anything. the two of them. It's got um, nil-nil written all over it, a nervy <laughs> penalty, penalty shootout, yeah. yeah. United bounced back from a humiliating 7-0 defeat at Liverpool with a Europa League victory over which club? Well, we bounced back after them with a... a United bounced back from a humiliating 7-0 defeat at Liverpool with a Europa League victory over which club? Surely it wasn't Barcelona. This is in March... In March, Barcelona, wasn't it? Or can I have a guess if uh, if if that's no, not you're right. not stealing nothing. It's my club. This. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, hey, you said the answer now. It's a, well, it's a Spanish club anyway. We seem to go through the whole of Spain. <laughs> it's a Spanish club. Yeah. I know, I know. What was the team before Barcelona? It wasn't Sociedad? Oh. I'm going to go Barcelona. How long is he over this? I'm going to go Barcelona. Incorrect. I think it's Betis. Betis is the right answer. Oh! Real Betis. Honestly, the amount of, Spanish, you, man, the amount of Spanish teams. What's going on, man? It's 4-1 at Old Trafford. Last 16, that was. Don't forget the round of 32 in the Europa League. That's when Manchester United beat Barcelona. Mm. Gorgeous day, that was They well. went to Real Betis and then they went to Seville again a couple of weeks later to play and Sevilla. Again. And got beat. <laughs> and of course, Sociedad is a team they played in the group stages, so they just seem to keep coming up against Spanish teams. Yeah. All right, April which means that is this, this is your tie? penultimate question. United beat Brighton in a penalty shootout to reach the FA Cup final. Who scored the winning penalty? Oh, my God. <laughs> Against Brighton in the semi-final of the FA Cup? Yes. It's a great penalty. Right foot, top corner. Well, that rules out Luke Shaw. Cold, very cold finish. I know it. Do you want some names to help I you know out? It. Yeah, where, where's my options, by the way? Just make it, I'm making it dramatic. No, I, so. I, I, I forgot there was options and, and oh, he went, just went too soon <laughs> on, a, on a few. Oh, <laughs> have we got options or what? Dallow, Fred, Lindelof or Shaw? Oh, Lindelof. Oh, Iceman. Iceman. You can't uh, yeah. say right foot and then give two left-footed options on there. It's yeah, basically but, a 50-50 yeah, shot. I thought it was Dallow. It's not going to be Fred or Shaw, is it? <laughs> Left foot. I wanted to just give it a little week. I can't be asked for a tiebreaker, lads, as well. So, Joel, if you, if you please win, please win or he lose. He can't win. Can't he's, got, he's, got two, he's got two wrong. So the maximum you can get is eight. And I got eight. All right. After consecutive away defeats at Brighton and West Ham, who did United beat 2-0 at Old Trafford? In April. May. It's still May, Joel, so it's not that long back oh. to think about. Um... Bloody mind back already. Wait, what was the last game? After consecutive away defeats at Brighton and West Ham, United beat which club 2 0 at Old Trafford? I don't know why Bournemouth is. No, that was in a that was a way win. Ah, uh, Fulham. It's not, is it? Wolves. The answer was Wolverhampton Wanderers. So it's a draw. Well done, boys. You have to shake hands on a draw because we're not doing a tiebreaker. Quite simply, cannot be bothered to sort a tiebreaker out between the tiebreaker That was painful enough the as Wembley it is. Game. Right, that is it for Football Social Daily today. Thank you, Joel. Thank you, Marley. You can join the lads and myself tomorrow on the podcast. We'll be talking to Nadem and Nua. Hit subscribe and you won't miss it. But until then, that is it from Football Social Daily. See you later. Football Social Daily is a voiceworks sport production for the Sports Social Podcast Network.
Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.